Good morning, Desert Springs. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, I am so grateful and thankful to be marked present in your Sunday morning worship experience. And I want to pause for a moment to praise God for Pastor Ryan Kelly and for his invitation to share with you here in Albuquerque. My name is Romel Williams, Jr. I am a native of the city of Chicago. And again, I am grateful to be here. I want to rush to share a message today entitled, Finishing Well. I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 22 into our hearing. And then we'll pray and hear the message. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 22. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me may it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisha and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth and I left Trophimus who was ill at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all of the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. And I pray even now that you would give us open hearts and receptive minds to what it is that your spirit has to say to the church. Help us, O oh God, to take your word 
and to apply it to our lives for the living out of these days. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me anew and anoint me afresh. Hide me behind your cross so that you and you alone might be glorified. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, it's in the powerful and perfect name of Jesus that we pray. Thank God. Amen. Finishing well. On April the 18th, 1998, I lost my Paul. He was my pastor, my grandfather, my ministry mentor, and my closest friend. This year marks the 25th anniversary of his move upstairs. I knew that he was dying when he asked me to come to the hospital to visit him. There was a season of sickness that preceded his death, but each time he was hospitalized, he would always tell me, I'll see you when I get back. But this time, before he left, he requested that I come to him while he was gone. Following this request, he exacted a mental checklist of things which I needed to do and people that I needed to address while he was away from the church. Unbeknownst to me at the time, he had shifted from ministry to moving on. His time was up and his days were limited, so he had committed to finishing well. Well, this is exactly what's happening in our text. Paul can feel the clock running down on his life. So he authors this letter to affirm, remind, clarify, warn, and order his son in the faith, Timothy. He has offered us his valedictory or retirement speech in verses 6 through 8. And now he details work orders for Timothy that would set him to task in the closing moments of his own journey. Paul is mentally astute as he maps out a plan of action for Timothy to participate in, which was greater in purpose than his own certain death. These closing words of Paul's missive contain personal instructions, a parting salutation, and even a closing benediction. In church, I'll admit at first glance, there doesn't appear to be much here for us to explore and apply right now. But I need to rush to tell you that a careful consideration of the context, structure, and theological implications, historical consequences of Paul's letter from a Roman jail 
offer us fresh insight into how to faithfully navigate our own ministries. I believe this morning that Paul's example here of finishing well teaches us this simple yet profound truth. Here it is. Our commitment to ministry must not die because we are dying. Did you hear that, church? Our commitment to ministry must not die because we are dying. What elements in this text offer proof of a ministry that outlives a man? Please notice with me that this text is bookended by the same two requests from Paul in verse 9 and verse 21. Do your best to come to me. Do your best to come to me before winter. This is not the first time we've heard these words in this book. In chapter 2, Verse 15, Paul gives Timothy the do your best of gospel preaching. But now in chapter 4, verses 9 and 21, he urges him to come quickly with the do your best of gospel partnership. This haste and sense of importance is the consequence of several compounded realities. Paul knows that the end is near. He is lonely and he wants companionship because the numbers in his company are shrinking for multiple reasons. And he's clear that travel will be restricted for Timothy from Ephesus to Rome, across the sea, once winter comes, because sailing was too dangerous under those conditions. But I believe today that this text teaches us at least three principles that we can crystallize and push forward about finishing well and what it looks like. Note, first of all, that finishing well means that you keep working without excuses. Paul manages this moment by requesting Timothy come quickly, gather help and instruments along the way for the furtherance of the gospel. Listen with Paul's Requests listed with Paul's request are a series of assignments which are connected to people and items. Paul is clear, Tim, I need to see you. I've been abandoned by Demas because he loved the world more than the work. 
and moved to Thessalonica. Cretans has been sent to Galatia for ministry. Titus has been sent to Dalmatia for the same. No one is present with me but Dr. Luke. So get Mark, who has matured beyond his previous abandonment, and bring him with you because he is useful for ministry. Tychicus will serve as your replacement in Ephesus and the carrier of this letter. Once you've received Tychicus and gathered Mark, stop by Troas on your way. I left my coat and my books there with Carpus. Get my books, and more importantly, bring my parchments. I'm not dead yet, and I need the tools of the trade to continue to study and spread the gospel to the Gentiles. Please notice that as a result of this series of instructions, Paul is writing his last letter, but he is also called together a New Testament publishing board with Luke and Mark, men responsible for three books in our Bible, soon to be present in the room with him, as well as Timothy. This is remarkable. He's dying, but he's still working. He's moving on, but he's still making progress. He's looking up, but he's still thinking through. Can I tell you today, church, that retirement is a concept and not a concrete reality in the work of the Lord? You may switch positions, but you never get to leave the ministry until breath leaves your body. Finishing well means that you've got to keep working without excuses. But note secondly, finishing well also means that you need to keep witnessing to the faithfulness of God. Paul warns Timothy about opposition to the gospel message then clarifies God's activity to protect him and his preaching. Now Paul brings up a divisive opponent named Alexander the coppersmith. He contrasts the personalities of Carpus, who has kept his personal effects with Alexander who has done him much harm. And then he adds a summary of his thoughts about the man and his interference by saying, God is keeping score and he will repay him for his deeds. What a word that is today, church. For all who oppose gospel work, you don't have to worry about him. God is keeping score and will repay them for their deeds. He says, but Timothy, please watch out for him. 
he opposed our message. This is significant because at another place, Paul calls it my gospel or my teaching. But now, with a sense of partnership, he says, our message. Because, Timothy, we preach the same good news about Jesus. We preach the Lord's testimony, the Lord's appearing, the Lord's ability to save, the Lord's defeat of death, the Lord as the source of life, the Lord risen and reigning. Tim, I was abandoned by everyone when I had my day in court. No one showed up as character witnesses for me. But Jesus was there. He stood by my side. And he gave me the strength which I prayed he will provide for you in your ministry. Yes, he stood with me. He strengthened me. And he gave me the power to talk about him to all of the Gentiles in the courtroom. Yes, the message got across. Alexander fought me, and people abandoned me, but the message still got out. God shared his word through me, and he continues to take care of me. Here's my testimony, both backwards and forwards. Just like Daniel, the Lord showed up in my den and got me out. I was rescued from the lion's mouth, delivered from death temporarily. But guess what, Tim? I believe that the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and get me home safe to him. For these convictions, I am grateful. So to God be the glory for the things that he has done and will do. Opposition is a reality and not a discouragement because God is with us. Does Satan interfere with kingdom work? The answer is yes. Can Satan interrupt kingdom work? The answer is no. God's plans will always move forward, and he himself is our guarantee. So finishing well means not only do you have to keep working without excuses, not only do you have to keep witnessing to the faithfulness of God, but let me tell you today, thirdly and finally, that finishing well 
means that you got to keep waving at the church while you gaze at glory. Paul expresses his affection, makes a request, prays for Timothy and the church in these closing verses. Please give my best to my dear friends Priscilla and Aquila. Also, son, greet the family of Onesiphorus for me and thank them for their sacrifice of him for the assistance he provided me. Erastus is still in Corinth. Trophimus is in my leader's sick, and I had to leave him. But get here soon, son. Winter is coming. Your brothers, E, P, L, and your sister, Claudia, send greetings, and everyone else who's here in Rome. I'm praying that the Lord would be with your spirit and that his grace would be with you all. These parting words would inevitably be the last time many people would hear from Paul, but he's thinking of them and praying for them. Please notice the careful attention given to each name. These people all had a special place in Paul's heart. He was a pastor till the end, concerned about the sheep and making the most of this opportunity just to send greetings and show love. Can I tell you that we must invest in God's church and God's people for real ministry to continue when we are gone. Ministry is really about fixing the relationship breached by original sin. This is why Jesus died on the cross, a vertical beam and a horizontal beam, to fix our relationship with God and then to fix our relationships with others. Paul is sure that beyond and through death, his relationship with God would remain intact. Listen again to what he says in verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Finishing well means that you've got to keep working without excuses. It means that you've got to keep witnessing to the faithfulness of God. And it means that you've got to keep waving at the church while gazing into glory. This is impressive. For someone who knows they're going to die, he's praying, not pouting. He's planning, not panicking. He's pressing, not 
pushing away. Let us remember the importance of faithful friends in our journey of faith and the significance of finishing strong the race that is set before us. May we cultivate deep and meaningful relationships, being present for one another in times of need. Let us also persevere in the face of adversity, trusting in God's faithfulness to bring us safely home to his heavenly kingdom. Let us preach the gospel everywhere we go until it's time for us to go. As we go forth from this place, may we be encouraged this morning to be faithful friends to those around us, offering support and encouragement, and to do gospel ministry without interruption. May we be inspired by Paul's example to press on in our faith, knowing that God is with us every step of the way. Let us finish well, knowing that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. I close this morning with the words of the songwriter who simply said, you may build great cathedrals, large or small. You can build skyscrapers, grand and tall. You may conquer all the failures of the past, but only what you do for Christ will last. You may seek earthly power and fame. The world may be impressed by your great name. Soon the glories of this life will all be past, but only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for him will be counted in the end. Only what you do for Christ will last. Let us pray. God, we thank you for Paul's last words. We thank you for his example of finishing well, that he kept on working without excuses that he kept on witnessing to the faithfulness of God and that he kept on engaging your church. May we be so fully committed to you that our lives are sold out to loving people, to sharing the good news, and to doing everything in our power to strengthen your church. It's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Thank God. Amen.